Hello and welcome to episode 181 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have reviews of Batman, Catwoman, issue two and Rorschach issue four by DC Comics. The creative team on Batman, Catwoman is Tom King, writer, Clay Mann on art, Tamu Moray on colors, Clayton Clouds on letters. Your creative team on Rorschach is Tom King, writer, Jorge Fornes on art, Dave Stewart on colors, and Clayton Clouds again on letters. This is your spoil alert for Batman, Catwoman issues one and two, Rorschach issues one through four, the HBO Watchmen series from 2019, and also the Watchmen series from 1986. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. Also, I guess spoilers for um, Batman 1 through at least 50 of Tom King's um, Batman, which sort of, this is uh, I guess the biggest twist, I think, in this issue of Bat and Cat is that it did tie into um, that continuity a little bit. Yeah, that's... Um, that- that's a good point. I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up before we got going. Um, so thanks. Thanks for that. So um, let's uh, continue the uh, the Batman Catwoman two talk here. Um, uh, I think what we have here and this is no slight on the book at all, but this is certainly issue two of a uh, 12 issue series. So this is certainly slowing things down a lot. But uh you know, I'm I'm here for for the story as as somebody who who enjoys reading you know these these stories by uh, these writers and experience with how Tom King does um, Batman. I, I I kind of expected that this one would slow it slow it down. But uh, what were your thoughts here? Um, I, I I liked it. I yeah. I think this podcast is sort of becoming the constructing King comics <laughs> podcast, but it's. Uh, I don't mind talking about it, really. It's uh, it's pretty great. I think maybe this time around, I'm going to try to focus more on what uh, Clay Mann did in this this issue. Um, I, I really loved some of the artwork. Uh, you know, that's sort of what I'm like, just sort of enjoying more than anything is just how uh, Clay Mann renders everything in these issues. Um, also, there's some, I think, cameos. At least one in particular, I think, is a cameo from another comic book creator. So I, we can get into that. Yeah, um, uh, let's 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 talk a little bit um, about the, the design uh, and the inside cover. We're, we're continuing that sort of the you you brought up sort of the the advent calendar aspect yeah. of the way they're sort of doing the title page. Um, you know, the the first window, the top left window. Um, is, is grayed out from from silent night and then this one the the window at the top right is is illuminated um mm-hmm. and it says uh, up on up on the housetop so uh we're continuing that which which is cool and you know this is very much uh continuing that so so that was good and then we also have uh sort of the like a like a title page that's very very dark with with batman inside the the window what did you think about uh because a lot of times we focus on, you know, uh, page design, but this is this is sort of the book design element of it. I really like that. And that's, of course, like the back cover image, too. And I'm liking how each um, each issue is sort of setting up with that advent calendar theme. And uh, so it'll be cool to sort of, I guess, come full circle maybe this December, you know, and have a full 
you know, a full story and a full advent calendar. And then I think, uh, I, I was, so I guess like, it's sort of interesting that I, I'm sort of thinking this way. And normally this is sort of your thing where I'm just thinking of like, uh, how that sort of adds to its like collector's value, you know, um, it's sort of, it's sort of a gimmick in a way where it's like, I mean, I think it'll, it'll eventually make sense why it is this way, the advent calendar idea of things, but having that uniqueness to the print quality of the book also adds like value and also adds sort of a prestige to it that this isn't just your ordinary, you know, single issue comic. This is something that's going to be sort of like your prestige format book, which goes along with being black label, obviously, but uh, it's just always sort of cool how black label isn't um, uniform across its titles. Like each book has its own unique design to it mm-hmm. and its own sort of uh, way of playing into its own story. But then that also in turn adds the the print quality to it. So we've talked about some um, black label books on this podcast and all of them have like a different sort of gimmick that goes with its printing quality um whether it's just a preview image on the back cover with a quote or something like this which you can always now we can always tell what chapter is which by what um by what um advent calendar is up and or what the title of the book is Um, yeah uh yeah and then looking at this um i'm wondering what they're going to do with this sort of this two-page spread of the the windows lighting up because uh the the two center windows are in the uh in the seam of the the two pages so mm. i wonder if uh they'll, they'll shift that but it looks like there's 12 windows here um they they, they skipped over the 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 uh top middle one where the the page break or the the seam in the the page is so i wonder how they'll handle that going forward yeah i wonder so, all right, so let's jump in um, to, to the book. Uh, we're sort of continuing that, uh, that scene of uh, Selena and, and the Joker at that sort of uh, old, uh, not old, but that sort of that trailer he has sort of in a tropical in- environment. Yeah, like the Florida uh, motorhome, like retirement area. Yeah, and uh, this page has uh, something that I think will as we get to the last page, there's some design elements here of, of the scratches in between the, the panels, which yeah. we'll, we'll see later. Um, but on first read, you, you, unless you, I guess, maybe if you, you skim through the book before you read it, you, you don't know what those are at this point. Um, but that, that's a, that's a good page design uh, element that they have there. Yeah, it really is. I really like that. And I think that's something cool to appreciate now having finished the book. Um, but it is uh it, it does it also is sort of a cool uh way of um it obviously adds the framing aspect of this issue but also it sort of tells its own story like it get it basically gives you the whole story of this issue on one page mm-hmm. um and i really like that with the with the, the the claw marks going across it and it sort of sets up how this is a uh this and it also cements the idea that this is going to turn out to be as much a series about Catwoman and, and Joker as it is going to be about Catwoman and Batman. If anything, actually, these first two issues have been more about Catwoman and Joker um, 
and their interaction and sort of how they play into sort of the conflict and plot. So that's, that's interesting right there. Yeah, I um, feel like most of the, uh, I, I, we'll probably be able to double check this as we go through, but most of the, uh, the, the Bruce or the, the Batman that we see here are sort of uh, either, you know, Selena telling the story or, or sort of in flashbacks. I don't know if, and a lot of these are sort of in, you know, there's not a lot of Batman or a lot of Bruce in this issue. No, there really isn't. Um, it's, it's mostly Catwoman and Joker. Yeah. So as that first page ends, we get a, we get somebody sort of talking sort of off panel and they, and they, they do it in that, uh, you know, that black word balloon with the, with the white, uh, with the white font. So we, you know, and also we can see it's somebody off panel, but we know it's somebody different talking. And that sort of gives us our first, um, our first uh, full page spread of the book. Um, so do you want to talk about this uh, page turn and then the, what we see here? Yeah, it's a great page turn and it's a, it's a full splash of the phantasm. And uh, I, I really love how um, I don't know where uh, Clayman's art ends and Tamara, Tam Tamara Mori's, uh, Tomu Mori's uh, uh, coloring begins. Like the, it's, it's very, uh, I would say the whole art just feels like it's just this great synergy between both of them where like you could almost feel like it's just one artist, which is just sort of the goal you want with a colorist, right? You know? Mm -hmm you never really want anyone to be distracted by the difference in coloring and, and artwork. But this page, especially, it looks like it was painted by one person. And I, and I really love that. Um, yeah, I love how there's this great bleed of like the blue and the eyes that sort of creates this smokiness. Excuse me. Um, it goes with the sort of smokiness around it. And, and same with just the, the, the smoke surrounding Phantasm. Um, just how it bleeds in between the inks and everything. Uh, like it almost looks like it was like there's some ink wash mixed in with the inks and the, the cross hatching and maybe that's the colorist, maybe that's Clayman. It, it's just really cool and um, really seamless. Yeah, I, that would that would be interesting to see the the, the, the pencils or, or the, the inks here because um, you know I wonder how much of sort of the the background effect was was put in by by Clayman, and how much of that was uh, was was the colorist. So yeah, I'll definitely be interested. And sorry, my cat decided to join the podcast, so she oh, might be purring. No worries, no worries. But uh, we continue this sort of um, this uh, sort of flashback. But now we we go to um, to Bruce and Selena. Um, but they sort of continue the narrative of to let us know who this is because, uh, you know, uh, the phantasm was like Scott Hoff, um, you know, and then he's gone. And then sort of as Bruce and Selena are looking down, um, they're, they're talking about Scott Hoff and who he is. So then we, we're still putting story elements together. Um, but then again, we, we shift to Selena's sort of... Um, uh, flashback as I guess she was going to, to, I guess she was trying to go to talk to, the, well, she is she's trying to go to talk to the Joker and she has a, she has a run in with this guy, right? Yeah. This guy looks an awful lot like Sean Gordon Murphy, right? Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Which there's a couple of, uh, 
I wonder if how much of it's just obviously like just uh, homages to Batman the animated series, but there's sort of a lot of, of that going on in here too. And that's sort of, I don't know how much of that's actually uh, like again, just animated series homages or if that is Clayman trying to create some synergy between sort of what Sean Murphy does with his Batman stuff where Sean Murphy really plays a lot into the Batman, the animated series mm -hmm. uh, sort of mythology. Um, so there's a lot of like, there's a, in the Batman, the animated series, there's a lot of like Joker living in a toy store and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, that... And obviously, of course, Phantasm comes from the animated series as well. True. Um, yeah. Yeah, so as you stated, um, the Joker's in a in a toy store here. So we get a we get another splash page um, of him sitting sort of on his throne of of presents and toys. Um, Selena dispatches of sort of the lackey and and gets in to talk to him. Um, uh, so their conversation continues. Um, and this splash is another one where it's like I, I really am curious again how much of it is. Clayman and how much of it is uh is it Maury just adding in all this crazy detail and everything in the background and and painting on the the clock face and mm -hmm. stuff um yeah and also I just want to appreciate also the the action shot of um Selena kicking the guy through the doors of the of the um of, of the toy store that's a pretty great shot of um and, and the expression on the guy's face as he's like reacting to the kick um and also uh the sort of i guess the the joke that selena says about him being the opening joke is is very good as well so. yeah yeah that that's a good point that's a very dynamic uh you know kick and then he's breaking the panels and sort of he feels like he's he's coming out at us as you know that's certainly we've talked about the the one panel that sort of slows you down and makes you look at it the most of, of the four there, that's, that's probably the, the one that catches your most attention. And it's the most, it's the action. It's the biggest one. So that's, that's, that's pretty good design. Yeah. And there's the great uh, sort of uh, hilarious, like jolly snowman in the left corner. And then there's the, there's the happy gingerbread man flying through the air as well, which just adds some great comedy to it all. So the the disagreement between Selena and the and the Joker uh, continues, and you know there's there's back and forth and, and stuff with them. But then we cut um, on the on the one page, we cut back to sort of the uh, the timeline where the Joker's old and and then as sort of his his retirement trailer. Um, they continue to talk. Um, but he gets up to, to go uh, out of the room. I, I guess he, he's offering her a, a, a drink with some ice. Um, and they're, they're sort of, uh, they're sort of talking as uh, he's in the other room. Uh, and it, this really slows us down here and it gives us sort of um, an element of dread, which is then sort of capital, uh, you know, finished with uh, the Joker looking into the freezer and, and we see the gun there. Um, what do you think about this section of the book? It's very good. And I've been watching a lot of videos today, sort of highlighting that element of uh, storytelling, like the suspense of uh, um, that sort of like Hitchcock always talked about where, you know, you, you tell the people like if, a, if, if Joker just came, 
if Joker just went into the kitchen and then burst out with a gun, like our, our element of suspense would dissipate really fast in intensity. But since we know that the Joker, like they show us the gun and then they build the anticipation of whether or not he's going to be able to use it. That's pretty great. Um, and uh, yeah, I like that a lot. So there's, we also have, we, we also have to wait longer for the payoff here because in the middle of this page, we switch um, to, to another aspect of the, of the story. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we, we talk about coloring a lot um, and without it having to say, you know, elsewhere at this time, you know, just through the coloring, we know we're somewhere different. You know, when they're in the Joker's apartment, there's lots of pinks and greens and pastels. And here we sort of go to, um, you know, a cool evening night with uh, like the glow of like yellow electric light. Um, so th that's, you know, that's a way of indicating a shift in time and location with, with coloring. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. And I, I like sort of the, uh, the, the fake out here um, with, uh, with the guy walking up to the bar. You maybe think that he's someone important or, you know, like you think he's the Joker or a new character, but it's just this nice moody, you know, uh, sort of change of pace, you know, just a new way of telling, a, telling us about this character dying, basically, um, which is, uh, I thought that was cool. Yeah, so this is another sort of uh, crony of the of the Joker who who has something um, happen to him. Selena and Bruce are you know still sort of following up, trying to to put clues together here. Um, but then the story shifts back. Or actually, no, there's a there's a, a a fun moment where Bruce is trying to open the the safe. Um, and, and Selena, with her skill set, is obviously able to, to do it uh, quicker than he is. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, then you, then like you said, yeah, it moves back to the, the future timeline with uh, Joker and Catwoman at the, the Florida house. Yeah, so he's peering through the, the, the window, or not the window, the, the door frame as he had gone to get a drink. Um, uh, that's uh, like two thirds of the page. Um, you know, that's a really great panel. Again, we sort of slow down here before a quick, thin, wide panel of of gunshots hitting hitting the sofa. And at this point, we don't know if anybody's hit. Um, we we don't see anybody hit. We don't see any blood, but we we know shots have been fired. But I think this is the biggest sort of page turn in the book. Um, we see that Selena, sort of flanked him by sneaking up behind him through through i'm assuming another door into the into the kitchen and she's standing behind him uh, with a picture frame yeah i like how uh they they really tried to highlight the fact of like the pattern on the couch where selena was sitting like right from the start of the comic mm -hmm. so that we always know where she is you know or what sort of piece of furniture will always be associated with her location Yes. You know, the first panel has her on that floor, like floral print couch. And then sort of there was always cutting back to her and that couch so that we know when we see this close up of the bullet hits on this couch and we see the floral print on it, we know what was shot and whether or not Selena was shot. Or, but there is still again suspense as to whether or not she is. 
But also that 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 image of the Joker peering through the door with the gun coming out. There's two things about that. One is um, Maury does this throughout the issue, but his the coloring on the Joker's skin is incredible because there are these great splotches of white mm-hmm. with the skin tone. And that's like even on his fingers and everything like that. It's just the coolest little details of just where it where it pops up and it adds this like really creepy blotchy effect on his face. Um, but also the composition and everything in this image is so iconic to Joker that I, I would definitely see this ending up in like, you know, when, uh, you know, in like documentaries about the Joker or, you know, your, your, your Batman guides where you have all the iconic images assembled. This, this is a pretty great panel for something like that. Yeah, I, I would agree. Or even like when they do, when they collect it, you know, it could be like a, like a back cover or something yeah. like it. Cause it shows you, I mean, you, you could pick up the book in the bookstore and know who that, you know, who that character is, but you sort of like, what's going on with this? You know, why is he in this state? And what's he going to get, what's he about to do? And so it's a good sort of uh, image to try to entice you to you know, without knowing anything to, to, to come in and try to figure things out or see what's happening. Yeah. And I would say the next same thing about the, the next splash page too. I, I think that panel of the Joker peering through the door and this splash page will be sort of what makes this issue stand apart from the rest. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like the phantasm splash page at the beginning of the book. And I like the one of, of, of Selena looking at the Joker at the Christmas store. But I think that since from the beginning of this issue, we've had Selena making the promise that she's going to slash the Joker's throat, that this moment is sort of the like second act, end of the second act of that promise, right? You know, mm-hmm. where like this is the, the turning point, like the point of no return of that storyline right here in that splash page. And it's so well composed. The expressions on the characters are perfect. You know, both sort of have a deranged look in their eyes, but it's like a different kind of deranged for both of them. Uh, There's sort of like this, uh, yeah, you know, it's just classic to both characters. And again, of course, Maury's colors complement uh, the lines and the marks that Clayman made for this, uh, for this image too. And uh, I love how uh, some of the feathers are like out of focus and, and mm-hmm. there's a great blur effect on them that adds this really great sense of depth on the image. And uh, yeah, it's just great. Yeah, I agree. And it's also sort of like, it gives us like a a moment of sort of, you can kind of feel those feathers dropping and like the, the Joker at that moment is sort of like in the chaos, uh, the, the, the few moments of, you know, action, uh, shots going down there's this sort of this there's going to be this slow sort of descent of the of the feathers as he's trying to figure out did if he got her or not yeah and i'm trying to remember who posted on instagram a couple weeks ago it was it's one of the bigger artists he posted just the thought and, he, and it's sort of a good reminder to have if you're creating comics and it's not like the most profound thought but it's and it's kind of obvious but it it makes sense where he said that you're not the artist said that when you're when you're writing for comics or you're drawing for comics, the thing to remind yourself of, whether it's a panel or a splash page, you're not capturing a scene or a sequence of actions. You're capturing this like millisecond, you know, 
this like one quick moment and that's it, you know? And I think this image sort of is a great example of that, that we're sort of like, this is like a, this feels like a still in a, you know, like in just this like brief moment um, before something really big happens. Um, which is sort of the great thing about sequential storytelling is of course the illusion of movement um, that we feel in these like random, not random, but these like, you know, selection of uh, quick moments. Very true. Um, so we cut to, to somebody uh, running uh, in the subway, uh, struggling to get away from somebody. Um, and this individual is uh, being tracked by the phantasm um, and appears to uh, have met his end. It is uh, Brian Patchett. So I'd have to assume that he's another one of the, the, the cronies uh, uh, for the Joker. Yeah, and I'm trying to look because he's wearing the purple. I wonder if every character so far that's died has had some sort of like Joker coloring on him. All right, let me see. And it doesn't look like it. Well, I guess the, the guy with, had green pants on that she kicked through the door. Yeah, I guess there's no like real theme there. But I was like, oh, he's wearing purple. That might be a nod to him being a Joker crony. No, um, no I mean, that would be very, very good thematically. Yeah, but it doesn't look like he's the only one really that has that. But also in the background, there's a poster for Beware the Great Ghost, which is a, that's another invention that was from the uh, Batman, the animated series. And I haven't been keeping up with the new Harley Quinn by Sean Murphy and Matteo Scalera. And um, I can't remember the other writer on that. Um, but that they've sort of integrated that storyline into that series as well as the Grey Ghost. Um, so it's cool to see that character now come into the Batman comics. Uh, it's cool to see sort of stuff from other Batman media entering into the, the, the comic world. Um, but yeah, that, that appears twice on this page is the great ghost poster. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a good, uh, that's a good catch. Yeah. I, I, I didn't see that, but that I, I like that sort of connection to, to the two different Batman stories. Um, so there we cut to, to Bruce and Selena um, sharing, sharing a dinner and they're sort of talking about the, the necklace, which was, a, um, you know, the point, one of the points of contention between Selena and, and the Joker earlier mm -hmm. in the, the issue. So that sort of ties that up. I mean, this is a talking head page um, of them at the table, but I think, uh, you know, we focus a lot on, on page design, but I think that this does a good job of, they always maintain their, um, is, it, is, it the, is it the 180 rule where they always sort of maintain their position to each other? Like she's always on the right, he's always on the left yep. um, as they go through. Um, even when we pull out wider, they stay in their they stay in their positions as right and left. Um, and whenever Alfred is pouring wine, it's sort of, he's sort of, his hand is in between them. So like the positioning of this, you know, you, you know where everybody is situated, even though um, there's not a lot of action going on here. It's sort of uh, designed very well. Yeah, it's really great. And I love the, um, I love how uh, Selena's um, expressions are and how her body language sort of uh, like changes throughout the page. Um, mm -hmm. I like that. And it, it sort of says about sort of maybe her, uh, 
her maybe being in an uncomfortable situation lying to Bruce about the, the necklace. Um, that, that's sort of a cool, that's sort of something you don't see very often in, in comics. I'm sorry to reference more people's quotes and stuff like that, but it was funny. I was listening to uh, a, a podcast today where they were talking about how at one point David Fincher was attached to adapt Brian Michael Bendis's graphic novel. Um, oh, what's it called? Um, it was a book. It was a serial killer book. It was like a mystery book. And um, he said that uh, he never, he said that he stopped reading comics when he was 11 because when you're doing w w with comic books and comic book media, there just seems to be a lot of people just talking at each other and delivering, you know, information. And he said, he's more interested at in how people lie to each other. Okay. You didn't really see that in comic book media, but it's sort of funny now that I heard that and then to see this page and Clay Mann is like expertly drawing these really great acting moments of Selena lying to Bruce. And you can tell that she's lying and it says a lot about her character as to how she's lying. So there's this, uh, like there's the, her being sort of like leaning forward and being like acting all interested when she's talking to him about the necklace. And then once, uh, she realizes Bruce is acting suspicious. She mirrors his body language, you know, mm -hmm. just sort of make like a counter move to show that she's not, you know, you know, trying to sort of uh, fake confidence in the, in the way, in the way that she's lying. And obviously we know she's lying too, which sort of adds to it all. It's just great performance. It's just great acting in this moment. It's kind of cool to see where Clay Mann was uh, three or four years ago and where he is now. And sort of how much his style is sort of loosened up and we've get these great moments of expression and things um, in this series. So yeah, that's just, that's all I have to say about this page, but it is really cool. Yeah. So the, as we continue um, there's a couple more uh, panels of Bruce uh, talking to Selena at the, at the dinner table, but then we quickly uh, cut back with a, with an action shot of where we left uh, the Joker and Selena, um, we get a great panel of the, of the gun sort of flying off the page. Uh, lots of motion lines and the uh, the picture frame uh, smashing into the back of, of the Joker's head. And then we cut to the Joker um, on the ground um, and sort of Selena standing over top of him. What, what did you think about this here? I love how the how your eye moves around this page with the fork leading into the gun. And you'd think that maybe the gun would sort of maybe lead your eye off the page because it's breaking the panel. Maybe mm -hmm. it does, but I don't think it I don't I really think it does actually. Like I think it sort of keeps you moving towards the hand, and then the hand leads you down to the the, the shot of Joker on the ground. Um it's expertly like it just feels like effortless. Effortless, effortless in its execution of how it leads your eye around the page. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, I, I agree with you. Like the, uh, the, the Joker's hand sort of leads into her legs, uh, his head as the uh, the Joker's head as he sort of uh, reaching, his hand is reaching behind to to sort of uh, feel the wound that he's just sustained on the back of his head. Um, 
points to the to the wrist, and, and then we see we see the we see him pull the 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 pocket knife. So again, there's a lot of sort of angles here. So um, and and the background sort of drops out uh, uh, as Selena stands over top of him, which it does in the in the uh, the next page. So uh, that's sort of a stylistic uh, theme that that continues here. Yeah, and also like we've talked about in other issues, like that just sort of makes it move faster when you have like an action sequence of sort of dropping the background out. So you spend less time on the image, you know, you just sort of, you get what needs to be got, you know, as far as the action of the characters and then you just sort of move on from there. Yeah, so there's a there's a bit of a, a knife fight that breaks out, but but Selena wins that um, and she she hits the the Joker pretty good. But then we, we cut away and I thought this one was really interesting. It's a silhouette of um, Bruce and Selena looking out a, a massive window uh, and the bat signal is up. Um, but Bruce being the the world's greatest detective knows that it's not coming from uh gordon uh, because the 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 angle uh the angle of the signal is wrong uh yeah. so i wish that... it was communicated more that it was wrong you know like i wish maybe that there was something earlier in the book where we could have like a clear point of reference as to what it is supposed to look like you know but at the same time that might just also be like one of those cool batman moments where batman is just a super detective and knows when something's off. And even if we can't tell that something's off. Yeah, no, that, that would have been cool. I don't know if we've seen the, the bat signal come out in this yet, but that, that would have been a, a neat way to do it. Um, so from there, uh, they, they, they both leave and we, we see who is at, um, we see who's at the, uh, the uh, the bat signal. It's it's the Joker, um, younger Joker in this this timeline, um, uh, and it looks like uh, he wants to to surrender uh, because he's he's worried about the phantasm. What did you think about these two pages here? Thought it was cool. I I like how it's just sort of like I, I'm not. It's interesting. I'm not really invested in any of these sort of timelines yet you know, mm -hmm. with the phantasm and, and whatnot. Uh, I am actually more invested in the, uh, in the one where they're, they're the older characters. And I don't know why that is. I'll have to, I wish I'd thought about that before we recorded, but I'm, I'm really not like, I, I wish, like, I wish that this moment meant more to me, but it really doesn't at this point. So I'm just sort of interested to see what they're going to do with this and how it's going to tie into this the, the the framing device which is that future like them being older uh the timeline um but how, how do you feel about it um yeah i'd have to agree that sort of the sort of the most emotional uh part is the the seeing them uh aged up um and and how they're dealing with it um so it would be interesting to see how this storyline changes, if it can bring the same sort of emotional impact as, as the older characters. Um, I think but, this stuff also grinds it to a halt because all the action is happening in that timeline. Mm -hmm. So every time anything like this happens and when it's like the younger versions of them, 
I just want it to pick up so I can get back to where the action is happening. Um, and, uh, and it definitely, like, it definitely gets, it definitely happens, the action in the, in the, in the future timeline, which is great. So I, I, we don't see what happens here uh, with, with the Joker sort of trying to surrender to, to Batman in this timeline because we cut to a very classic Batman standing on top of a, uh, you know, a gargoyle looking down at the city, but he's sort of continuing this, this line of questioning about the necklace with, with Selena. Um, uh, and they're, they're going back and forth. Uh, what'd you think about, about this, uh, this page right here? I mean, it's rendered well, but it's not like it's, I mean, like, obviously we haven't seen it before, right? You know, no, no drawings the exact same, but it's just too iconic, I think, for me to really have any thoughts about it. It's just sort of, you know, your standard Batman pose. Mm -hmm. um, it's really well done, though. I mean, like, it looks good, but that's about all I have to say. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, uh, it's very difficult to not have Batman uh, standing on top of a building looking down, not look cool. Um, but uh, it's not anything that we, we haven't seen before. Um, the, the very last page of this issue, um, Selena tells Batman that she was, uh, uh, she was not with the Joker, um, but we, the, the last six panels of, of this page are, are sort of like the big, the moment as, as the issue finishes. She takes off her gloves um, and then tying back into issue, or I'm sorry, into page one, uh, she sort of slashes at his, as his, at his throat. Um, what did you think about these last, uh, these last six panels and how we handled the, the, the ending of this issue? I love this whole page. I even like the, the top panel where it's that finishing off of, of her lying to, to Batman in that, in that one timeline. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I love the, the, I love how the action is paced. Um, love how it just basically slows to a halt and at the end of the issue. And it definitely leaves it off as a place where I'm like, oh, I, I definitely want to read more. Um, I want to know what happens next. And I want to know what led. I mean, obviously, if you know Batman and, and Catwoman and the Joker, you sort of know why maybe someone would want to kill them. But we want to know why in the context of the story because Selena's made it clear that it has to do with the context of this story that she wants to kill the Joker. So that's, that was pretty great. Um, I'm excited to read the next issue because of how it ended. Yeah. Um, so I think now we're going to turn our attention to uh, issue four of Rorschach. Um, oh, the good stuff. Yeah. So yeah. this, this issue sort of, uh, continues um, with us and the detective sort of putting pieces together, but we, we get we get a lot more um, here. Uh, I guess you know looking at this as 12 issues, this is sort of the the quarter point of the or maybe we could look at this. I don't know how many acts we would divide this into. Um, but this is could be the end of the the first act if we want to look at it in four chunks. Um, but we, we start off with uh, a coloring book uh, and a set of hands. Uh, but what did you think about how this started off? Oh, I loved it. Like, I just love the, I, I, like, I, I don't know what it means, but I really like the framing device of, of the, the strong man coloring in the picture of the pirate. Mm -hmm. um, that's pretty brilliant. 
Um, so yeah. I'm I'm thinking back. Uh, were we introduced to the this strong man character in three, or as as we read four, we are we sort of putting the pieces together here? Just he's just been in this issue. He wasn't okay. in the last one. No, it's uh, it's he's a great character. He's sort of the you know he's the voice which is sort of it's great to have now again like i'm kind of obsessed with this idea of just like when you're in this like you know this current atmosphere of comics where you are sort of having to write for you're having to balance out writing for uh single issues and also writing for the trade it's pretty great to see uh how this like can stand on its own and how you can sort of look back and be like, Oh, that was the issue where the strong man narrated it. Mm -hmm. The one before it's like, Oh, that was the one where um, it was the journal. And that was the narration. That was how it was told. And then the one before that, it was the neighbor's episode that mm -hmm. issue where like, you know, it was all from that perspective. And the one before that, it was the, the crime scene investigators. It's just cool to be able to recall well, what happened in each issue by basically who was telling the story at the time. And that's also very like, you know, authentic to Watchmen, which is just great. So I, it's just, I, I'm just always happy to see that it's so far, it's not like we're four issues in and it hasn't like gotten stale yet. This sort of changing of voices from issue to issue. No, that's a, that's a very good point. Thinking of it as uh, the, the way the, the narrative was told differently through, through the first four issues. Um, but after the, the, the first page of the coloring, uh, we, we sort of flash back as the narration of the, of the strong man is telling the story um, of, of, uh, of the kid. It's, it's, the, it's the accomplice of, of Rorschach that we had, we had learned through the first issue. We learned a lot through uh, issue three with the journal. Um, she's taken up with a bit of a like a traveling circus at this point, which is very comic, a very comic book thing to do is, you know, people uh, with, with powers or abilities sort of going in and spending some time in the circus. Yeah, I like that a lot. And I like how it also sort of maybe gets into the, like, again, it, it sort of, it, it explores more of her psycho psychological, um, like like you know background and sort of what we learned in the last issue is that she definitely had a lot of trauma growing up and sort of was the product of this uh ultra paranoia mm -hmm. it's sort of interesting to see maybe how that paranoia spread into her life and then sort of her like uh how it sort of maybe affected other people as well which again plays into this sort of idea that excuse me that she's so worried about like people being affected by the the squids you know but she's sort of the victim of like a, a brainwashing herself, you know, of sorts, um, uh, of some kind of paranoia taking like an idea just permeating in her brain to where it affects everything that she thinks. Um, yeah. And I like also how like there's this sort of rationale here too. It just adds, it just, it just brings up all these cool things. So yeah, I just can't wait to talk about it. It's just, just great. Um, yeah. So I, I, after, after that sort of splash page, it's pretty much three or four pages of uh, sort of the, the nature of the, the relationship and the friendship that was built between the strong man um, and the, the kid in the circus. Um, without going through that panel by panel, 
um, or page by page, uh, that sort of is a, a good way for us to get background on, on this friendship and uh, the dynamic they had. Um, is there anything that you wanna talk about here in this before we sort of move on to more of the interrogation? Um, no, I think it's it, it was cool to see how, um, you know, again, Fornes sort of like highlighted their relationship really well just using visuals. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Tom King, that, that let Tom King sort of uh, build um, these very unique sort of dialogue situations and, and the narration. This is a very text heavy issue now looking back on it, but I never felt like it was. So that was just sort of cool to see how I think that's always just a sign, a good sign that, you know, the visuals and the writing are sort of uh, helping the, the hold the story up at the like, you know, at, at equal proportions. Like there's so much detail in each panel. Also, there's a lot of detail in the dialogue and in narration. Um, but I also love how uh, you kind of transition from uh, they use the comic in that one page to sort of transition so that you, you have that shot of the coloring, the coloring page. Mm -hmm. And then you see the issue of the comic, which is sort of a similar angle. Um, that, that, that's a cool little match cut um, between panels. Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed that. And I have to agree with you that it is text heavy, but the, the story moved. I felt like the, the story moved along pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, I guess the, the key element here, or one of the, the first key elements here is, is as the interrogation is going on, the, the strong man sort of tells the story about how they were having, I guess, like this after party. Um, and this one guy sort of told a story about how he abused his wife. Um, and the kid was going to exact revenge, uh, to, to right this wrong, uh, but the strong man um, is able to follow this guy who's been drinking and make it look like he um, he fell to his death uh, in a in an accident. What did what did you think about uh, this part of the book right here? One thing I'm noticing right now is that this flashback of the murder is very similar to the comedian being killed in the first issue of of Watchmen, mm -hmm. where they cut back and it's all like the purples and yellows during that whole murder sequence. And then there's like the red panel, whereas like, like always at the end of it. So I thought that was a cool nod back to Watchmen. Um, but also it's sort of, it highlights how uh, this Rorschach ide this Rorschach ideology of like no compromise, evil has to be punished, whether the system gets a hold of them or not. You, you, you know, it's against that black and white thinking that sort of is starting to, that clearly has infected the kid, but is now infecting the strong man as well. Yeah, so uh, we, we have that event um, uh, in the sort of the, the, the confrontation where, where the kid comes to, to, uh, to his trailer um, uh, and they, they have some dialogue, but uh, I think the, the key moment is this, is, uh, uh, is this where she, um, she sort of accuses him of, of being Rorschach or sort of either yeah. plants the idea of him being Rorschach in, in, in his head? Yep, this is where it happens, yeah. So 
what did you think about uh, the sort of scene with them talking this through, uh, you know, rain coming down outside the trailer? Uh, what were your reactions here? It's great. And I always like, you know, rain in any kind of story and like and water just in general always just shows sort of like a, a baptism, you know, and sort of like a reemerging of like ideas and like becoming a new person. So it's so fitting when a huge character reveal is going to happen that it, like water or rain is sort of present to sort of show how a character now just transitions into another phase of life. Mm -hmm. um, so this is sort of like his Rorschach baptism, you know, and it's like, he becomes like, he reemerges like, like reborn into this like ideology that he's now like the new vessel of Rorschach. Um, but it also, it just adds this like huge, puzzle piece like this is just like all of a sudden this is like yeah a quarter of the mystery is solved as to maybe how does how this works where it could be a brainwashing scenario of how how um the kid got the other guy to be rorschach as well as this some sort of like preying on insecure uh people to to sort of you know become this uh this person that she wants them to be, you know, or, and she may not even know that it's just her wanting it to be this way. It's, there's a sort of a rationale too, but it's like this paranoia that infects them to the place where they adopt this new identity. Um, it's really great. Uh, and uh, yeah, I loved that. That was the page turn and it was just a great moment of like, yes, okay. We're actually getting somewhere. It's, it's awesome. Um, yeah. what do you think? No, I, I liked it because like you said, it, it, uh, it answers, uh, the, the part of the mystery of how Meyerson was found, yeah. uh, in issue one dressed up as Rorschach. Um, I, I think we put a little bit more of that together, um, uh, as we read this issue, but with that first panel, you, you, you can start to see, uh, start to see that being, um, planted here um uh, so the the detective and the strong man are having their conversation but we again we shift tones so that that those oranges and the yellows as they're sort of uh he's dressed as rorschach uh going around sort of doing his uh vigilante uh justice that he believes in um what did you think about uh, as we switch to to him uh he, he and, and what's interesting is is that he doesn't they, they do a good job of uh, when they show him, he's not, he's not uh, a hulking figure. He, he sort of looks in proportion as, as we would expect, expect Rorschach to, to look. Yeah. It's cool to see his full transformation and uh, in, in action and in, and in sort of body language. Um, you never really get to see until of course he's caught his, his sort of scale in relation to other people as Rorschach. Um, mm. Yeah, that, that's pretty great. And that sort of fits with who Rorschach the character was is that when he's caught in the, in the fearful symmetry issue, uh, he, everybody's just so surprised that like he's wearing lifts in his, in his shoes to make him seem more menacing. Mm -hmm. He's a little guy um, who just can really take a punch and, and give a punch basically. Um, so yeah, I like that a lot. It plays within the lore really well. 
um, and this exchange between him and the the, the supervillain slash terrorist is, is pretty great. Um, again, very text heavy, uh, but it makes us sort of like take time to really sort of appreciate the sequence of events and the character. Yeah, so we we get we get a nine panel grid here, very very Watchmen, and we we've seen sort of uh, the kid is is her name Laura? Yeah, yeah, uh, sure. Laura, and who was ever um, at this moment dressed as Rorschach, sort of move through the page, and this is another one of uh, where you you kind of see the character uh, moving through the page as he sort of sets up. Uh, to throw this guy down the the elevator shaft yeah um and then he actually sort of again sort of that that feeling of movement he at the the, the last panel the the ninth panel he he he's like you feel like he's walking off the page yeah and that sort of fits again with sort of this great visual language we've established in the last three issues as well um yeah great movement and and then uh, but i'm really excited to talk about these next pages um he obviously yeah, I, as I as I flipped the page, I I uh, I, I was this was I, I and actually reading this, I was like, this is the part that Noah's gonna gonna like the most. Yeah, that's so good. It's just, but like again, it's it's sort of like I, I think there's that Tom King's doing a great job because um, in the last issue we kind of are, are seeing the detective kind of be sucked in to the ideas being exchanged here. Mm -hmm. And we are, as the readers being him sort of, you know, we're kind of like, maybe he's right. You know, that kind of thing. Like maybe, I mean, we know that this isn't true about how, what Dr. Manhattan did about separating everybody's souls into things. But at the same time, there are things that, can't be explained like why Meyerson has the same DNA as Kovacs, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, there's just, we know something's happening that can't be explained, especially because of what we know about Watchmen. So with this explanation that Dr. Manhattan uh, dissipated everybody's souls, uh, like, I don't know, it doesn't seem like too implausible that that might be like part of the answer, you know, like, uh, it's weird. Like, it's just a weird effect. I don't know how it was for you, but I was like, I mean, like, it does give you maybe a more of an insight into sort of how these people think, but also you're kind of right now in the, like, you're, you're kind of being indoctrinated, um, along with the detective into sort of these ideas of like brain, of mind control and reincarnation yeah i it was sort of the you know the the w uh tf moment for me but uh i thought one thing that was interesting here is is that he's uh the night owl the comedian uh silk specter and the, the rorschach that we see here are the ones that it dissolve uh but but ozymandias uh doesn't uh doesn't uh go for it and he walks away so those are sort of the key uh combatants of the the 2019 uh hbo series you know oz going away um you know making the deal with uh 
dock Manhattan to, to go to, to the, to the moon of Jupiter mm-hmm. and for, um, uh, Dr. Manhattan to be put into somebody else's body without knowing who he is. That's very 2019 HBO Watchmen. Yeah. What's interesting about this is that, um, if we're following along with the show, it should be common knowledge at this point that Rorschach was the one who manufactured the uh, the the attack. So I'm wondering if they're going to bring that up at some point about like why the strong man and Laura and Meyerson believed that there still was like an extraterrestrial threat. Um, if like maybe they like if there was somehow like they are going to go into maybe that the explanation as to why they don't really believe that information is linked to sort of why they do believe uh, in this sort of like reincarnation of heroes. And also, um, are we going to run into other characters who believe that they're the reincarnated versions of like Night Owl, the comedian and Silk Spectre? That'll Mm -hmm. be interesting. Yeah. Uh, Before everybody sort of jumps all over you, uh, you misspoke when you said Rorschach engineered the the squid attack. You meant oh, to I'm say, sorry. I meant to say Doctor Manhattan. No. I'm not, uh, Ozymandias. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> no, no, no I would worries. jump all over me too. No worries. Uh, so so that's sort of the 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 big moment here. I think you know we got one mystery sort of solved, but we got a bunch of more sort of questions posed to us here, which mm-hmm. is which is great. You know. Give us a little bit of an answer, but but tease us. You know, uh, we 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 need to we need to find out more. And it's almost like this this question is at a larger scale than 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 the first one. And as you posed, like now we might have, you know, somebody doing some sort of action, uh, and they, they claiming to be either the Silk Spectre and, and they have Sally Jupiter's DNA, like we have a possibility for a, a bunch more, more questions. Yeah. And um, I do like though, sorry, not to move, just sort of to move along with it. Um, I like that this, so they sort of cut back to the detective right here to show his reaction. And if I'm, if I'm correct, we haven't really seen his reaction to think. Oh, we did just a little bit. Never mind. Uh, he asked about why did you put on the mask? That kind of thing. Yeah. Which sort of it, how Fornis is sort of rendering him. He's sort of showing this personal interest in what's happening, and it's sort of he's evolving more and more into a character that might be getting sucked into this uh, conspiracy theory. You know, and. Uh, we sort of then on this next page, we sort of see the political turmoil and sort of the divided, like, you know, political landscape that the United States was in that, that is also very much so covered in the, the, the HBO Watchmen series. Um, yeah. Like, I, I really like how, like, maybe this is sort of a, like, this is sort of a, a time in the country where people's identities are a little, like like there's a lot of question as far as people's identities and stuff mm-hmm. like that so a character like Rorschach who deals in like absolutes all the time is kind of a relief right you know so you you sort of it's not the right answer but it's sort of a, a tempting answer and maybe that's where this detective is being led is to this place of maybe 
maybe the detective at some point is going to realize that he's the next Rorschach or something like that, right? Um, yeah. No, that 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 would be that would be interesting. It's sort of like one of those things, like uh, it's sort of dangerous to uh, go down a rabbit hole or to be exposed to like one conspiracy because once yeah. you once you sort of either start to uh, look at one conspiracy that um, might have some more elements that are, are believable, you're more susceptible to to go on to, to believe like, like another one. So it could be a little bit of that, like as he gets more and more of these, you know, he started off with this, the story of, uh, you know, of a victim and he's, he's been tracking it down. Uh, and, you know, he's got this strange scenario where it's Meyerson, but he's got the DNA of, of Kovacs. And now he's getting this story. Like, is he going to, is, is he going to like believe more of this stuff or is he going to find out more stuff that's going to make it more easy for him to believe? But yeah, that that's, that's a pretty interesting point. Yeah. Uh, I'm, it's like, it's like kind of like the heart of darkness or like apocalypse now mm -hmm. where we're sort of seeing this guy in the search for another character. And as he's searching, he's starting to relate more mm -hmm. to the character and sort of like at the end, he's sort of looking into the heart of darkness into himself and seeing sort of the rationale becoming part of his identity. Um, yeah, but we can move on, I, I guess. Uh, like I I like how this, uh, the, the six panel grid page after you turn after he kills the guy in the living room, mm -hmm. there's sort of that montage of him killing all the strong man, killing all the people as Rorschach. And each panel is colored differently so that we know it's like a different time, a different place. Mm -hmm. I, I just like panels and, and pages like that. Yeah. Um... I, I like that as well. Um, and I also, uh, the page where the, the character is watching the, the television as Rorschach is, is coming in and gets the light to bash him. Uh, I thought that that was a, uh, having the TV sort of explain sort of all of these, it's a, it's a, it was a great way to do an information dump without yeah. having one of the, one of the <laughs> characters have to have to do it. So it gave us a, like a state of the world as, as these events are, are going on um, in a clever way. And I didn't feel like it was an information dump while I was reading it, which means it's a good information dump. Yeah. So the, this character is, 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 uh, it shows him being apprehended by, by the, the, the FBI. Yeah. Um, and the the uh, he wakes up. Um, there's a there's three long uh, panels here. Um, the the middle the the middle page where it sort of goes red and, and rage. Uh, do you want to talk about the the caption that the that the strong man yells out there? Yeah, it's it's a callback to again what Rorschach calls out to the people and at the prison and, and the original watchman, mm -hmm. but you know, I'm not in here with you. You're in here with me. Um, which again gives, uh, again, it's sort of, it, it's, it's the Rorschach ideology. That's what his phrase is about where he believes that, you know, um, in the end, uh, there is no higher authority than him basically. Right. You know, uh, he's the he is the judge you know like mm -hmm. he's the guy who's going to do he's the guy who's going to dole out punishment as he sees fit 
that's who Rorschach is and that's what he believes he's Mr. like he has his own his own sense of justice and it's then and he believes it's the highest form of justice um so I've never really thought of like I, I had to like really think about what that phrase means to Rorschach right now but that just shows how this guy maybe he understands what what it's like to be Rorschach which means it to be Rorschach is to believe that you have you know what's right and what's wrong mm-hmm. you know and you decide what's right and what's wrong and um act on it that way uh, yeah so as we close out, uh, the interrogation um, continues, but uh, as, as we go to the last page, uh, this is where the detective sort of fills in the, the strong man, um, what, the, what the kid's name was and that, that, she, that she's died. Um, but the, the, the strong man has sort of a... Uh, uh, an interesting reaction. Do you want to talk about uh, the last sort of six panels of what the, the strong man tells the detective here? Yeah, he basically just continues with the, the narrative, which is, you know, no, the, the kid isn't someone who can be killed. She's just gonna, her soul's just gonna pass on to someone else. That's what it sounds like. You know, she'll be back and uh, she'll finish what she's what she set out to do, which is to save the world. And um, then, of course, I love that it, uh, this is sort of what I think really, you know, when it says Rorschach is waiting, that the, the detective's face, I can only take that as Rorschach is waiting to awaken inside of you, you mm-hmm. know, like he's gonna, like Rorschach's gonna possess this detective eventually, or at least that's the stakes is tried maybe, is this guy not to get possessed for this guy not to lose sort of his you know, lose himself in Rorschach. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I, this, this series just keeps getting better and better. What, what did you think of these last couple of uh, panels? No, I, I liked it as well. I, uh, I thought that it, that it was really well done. Um, and we had talked about predictions and I think you gave some of your predictions as you were talking it through this possibility of, uh, this detective sort of falling into into this a little bit uh, too deep. Uh, do you have any any other predictions? I guess just a, just something to back that up. If 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 we're if we're sticking with what who Rorschach is and his ideas are very um, enticing, and that's what's something that Watchmen sort of explores with the issue where this, the the psychologist is um, trying to to profile Rorschach Mm -hmm. and the guy, the more he talks to Rorschach, the more he starts to think like Rorschach and the more he starts to act like Rorschach in his life and it wrecks his life. And it sort of like, it makes him think differently about stuff and it disturbs him. So that, that fits within the Watchmen world is that, and it actually fits within the world itself because like, you know, one of the things that I think is, the worst part about the Zack Snyder Watchmen film is that it makes Rorschach the good guy, you Mm -hmm. know, like Zack Snyder is clearly like, no, Rorschach's right. That kind of thing. And like we talked about on our Watchmen HBO podcast, no, he's not. And the, the, that show does a great job of being like, this is sort of a natural conclusion of what Rorschach believed is the, the ninth cavalry, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, and it's sort of, but at the same time, 
I think that the movie exists and that it was so easy for Zack Snyder to be like, no, he's the right character here. He's the good guy Mm -hmm. is um, just shows how easy it is to succumb to those ideas, that idea of black and white morality and uh, just this like intolerance for everyone and everything. Um, Yeah. Like it's, it's it just preys upon the fears of so many people and it's really great. So I think I'm interested to see if they're going to explore that more in the coming issues. And at least that's what I'm predicting them to do. Um, like I've said before, Tom King seems to have his, his finger on the pulse of what's going on. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's where this book is going and I'm along for it. Yeah, I, I like that. I, um, I'm wondering if we'll see anybody else uh, claim to be, uh, another of the of the Minutemen um, yeah. throughout that that would be interesting. What did you think about the fact that uh, we had a strongman character uh, here with? Because oh didn't we have somebody? Didn't we have somebody? Uh, wh- who was the character that uh, was found washed up that they thought was 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 he? Was it possible that he was hooded justice? Yeah, yeah. yeah he so, looks a lot like that guy, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he looks like that strong man. Which now, I guess, canonically, well, I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if Watchmen twenty nineteen is canon or anything. Like, I don't know how Watchmen works. I guess. Um, uh, well, I was thinking of it more of just from the aspect of we sort of had. It's sort of like, uh, hey, you know, we have a story here. At one point where uh, a character washes up. Uh, dead and he was suspected of of being somebody was it hooded justice do i have that right yeah that was in the show yeah, yeah that was in so, the show yeah so it's sort of using that same sort of character here I, I thought that that was that was pretty cool yeah i didn't even think about that that's a really good uh, that's a really good uh, observation yeah he looks exactly like that strong man um that's in, that's in the graphic novel and then they 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 showed him in the tv show as well mm-hmm. um they made a lot of uh, references to that character. I think like the, the um, German uh, officer dictating the uh, message to the uh, African-American soldiers in world mm-hmm. war one is yeah. the same last name as that strong man and stuff. So yeah, that character is definitely baked into it. I don't think they ever said this character's name though, the strong man. Did they? I don't, I don't believe so. Yeah. Um, so maybe we'll find out and maybe he's related to that guy. Yeah, that, that would be cool. All right. Well, I think that that was where we're two uh, pretty decent uh, reviews. Um, uh, I enjoyed both books. Uh, I would have to say uh, I enjoyed Rorschach a, a little bit more. Actually, I won't say a little bit. I enjoyed Rorschach more um, uh, than, than Batcat 2, but I think they're two totally different things as well. Definitely. So, and yeah. then, they're also at different points of, of the, the story arc. So, yeah, definitely. And I think also it's just uh, bat and cat just sort of seems like it's a, like there's more like, it's a really good story, but there's also sort of this like obligation to it, you know, mm-hmm. for Tom King to tell, to finish telling his story. Sure. So it's definitely coming from a place of passion and stuff like that, but it's sort of like a different passion than like what Rorschach is. Um, yeah so yeah it's completely different awesome Um, yeah all right well um yeah so we'll continue to to break these down um they'll they'll be a lot of fun and uh you know we we got a lot of of 
a lot more issues uh, to go to, to figure out what's going on. So it should be a lot of fun. So for everybody listening, if you could give us a rating and review on the podcasting service you use, we really appreciate it. If you want to follow the podcast, we're on social media. Twitter is at ConstructComPod. Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod. Facebook is Constructing Comics. And also please check out Paranormal Hitman by Behemoth Comics. Uh, it's in previews right now. Uh, the first issue at the time of this recording is about a week away from, from coming out. Um, issue two is, is coming out in March, and I have a short story um, called Ghost at the Gate um, in that one. Uh, but I'll put a link to the, to the previews uh, page for that in the, the show notes. But I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, please be nice, uh, be safe, and go out there and make some comics. Thank you.